0: So here it is. Let's go into the Cosmos. Alright, hello once
1: again everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Into the Cosmos, the Final regular season show of the year as we approach the playoffs in the North American Soccer League after this weekend's rounds of matches. I am E.J. Garn. Hopefully up the road here, Franco Delapo will be joining me, and uh, boy, two teams left battling for that fourth and final playoff position in the North American Soccer League. Boy, three points separating Minnesota and Oklahoma City. It looks like Oklahoma City is taking command of that spot right now with a three-point lead, and Both teams tied on goal differential. That's going to make this final weekend's round rather interesting. And uh, congratulations, of course, goes out to Johanji Arasco, Juan Arango, and Reversio for making the NASL Best 11 of Week 31. That's a tremendous job by those two last week. And Brian Holt as well with that clean sheet. Man. What a great job Brian did. And uh, Brian Richter was a part of that clean sheet, obviously being on that back line with him there. And Brian uh, had a great performance. So, <laughs> yeah, he was a little bit concerned about that last goal coming as well. We saw Ronella's shot. as time was winding down. That almost ruined Brian Holt's first clean sheet in the North American Soccer League. And, oh, man, I think all of us are just sitting here going, oh, no, 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 keep that ball out of that. Bed. All of us obviously want to see Brian get that clean sheet. Now, obviously, the big question is going to be how will the Cosmos approach Minnesota this weekend? Uh, you know, Minnesota's obviously in a position, uh, top position right now. And, uh, you know, Franco, man, I definitely want to talk to you about some of this stuff because, you know, what, what is the approach going to be for the Cosmos this weekend, knowing that the playoffs are here? And Minnesota's got a big game this weekend, Franco. They need three points. They need Oklahoma City to lose as well. So, that that, that Minnesota put themselves really in a big hole with that loss to Carolina this past weekend, Franco.
0: Yeah, sure. I think uh at the Cosmos, I think the way they play though, I think they they can actually uh approach a game like this, play really well and not have to totally extend themselves. You know, I think there's a tough balance there where uh last year we talked to Ryan about this where, you know, Ottawa was in a bit of a dilemma trying to figure out if they should rest guys and you know, just rest up for that first playoff game or uh and the the uh you know, made made a mistake by Doing so. I think the Cosmos, though, are a little bit of a different team. I think they really are playing well now and based on skill. Uh, So I think, you know, with Juan Rongo kind of pulling the strings in there and uh, the way things are clicking, I think they can get through a game like this without having to, you know, be a total adrenaline rush game or anything like that. So it is a tough balance on how you figure out how you approach this game and how do you play. But I mean, that game against Miami showed that's one way to do it. Just go out and just you're flying at the start, yeah. uh, you wrap it up early, and then uh, you don't really coast, but you you know, you you know, the game becomes a lot easier. And I think the way the Cosmos are playing now, things are coming pretty easy for them, so that might work yeah. out uh, as the is you know, approach for this game.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, Ari, Ari had goal in the sec- second minute, gorgeous feet again from Juan, and- Obviously, Orozco, two goals, and we saw another gorgeous strike from Juan to make it 3-0. Man, what can't that guy do with his left foot, Franco? (laughs) Uh, You know, and we're going to talk to Ryan about it. He's going to mention his uh, thoughts on Juan Arango. Franco, we are all so lucky that we get to see this guy play every week. Uh, I'm sorry. He's a tremendous, man. I mean, to lose, you know, to lose two of the legends that the Cosmos lost last year, and then you bring in some guy named Juan Arango that some people may have heard of, and even Ryan, even Ryan himself was like, I didn't know much about Juan Arango before I came here, and oh my god, yeah, he's pretty good, Frank. What do you think? <laughs>
0: yeah, I remember the first time I saw him. I think was in, he was he's tremendous. Like, now this is going way back, and I think he way scored back. like one of these great, yeah, one of these great goals you have seen him repeat that here, but uh, I thought that was one of the best goals. I always thought that. I always thought he was the best uh, Venezuelan player I'd ever seen, and I'd know some guys, including uh, Giovanni Salvarese, were some really good yeah. players. You know, and going back in the day, JJ Vidal, a good friend of mine, and all these guys. Going and uh, I was just, and I think that's that's he's proven that, and and uh, still he's shown more stuff. He's better than I. I knew he was, and uh, you know you get, got to see him up close on the field a lot of times, uh, EJ. So you can really appreciate it. But yeah, I think everybody's seeing what you what you've been seeing.
1: Yeah, I'm still I'm still kind of shocked he didn't play for Venezuela in uh, in the Cup this year, man. Uh, you know, they could have used him. I mean, they really could. Imagine if he was on that team as well as Venezuela did that. Uh, I, I imagine if he would have been even near that field, Venezuela would have been such a more dangerous team with him on that field. But uh, Obviously, Frank, we have to talk about a little bit of a heartfelt stuff here for the Cosmos organization—the passing of Carlos Alberto—and oh man, even stranger, Franco. His brother died exactly a month ago to the day, so that's tough. That poor family. You know, we just saw him uh, at the 2014 World Cup. He was an ambassador, of course, for Brazil, and all the time he spent with that, you know, with Brazil and all them. He was just at Ford TV a couple of days ago as well, so I think this really came as a shock. You know, they're calling it the a heart attack and. That's tough, Franco. Oh, obviously, he's, he was a five-time uh, NASL All-Star. He got a couple of rings with the Cosmos, of course, and uh, his time with uh, Pele. Uh, obviously, Pele is probably pretty upset right now as well because those two were pretty close, Frank.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, they really, Santos' days and then the Cosmos' days, uh, World Cup, obviously, yeah. is, where they got on the world, world stage, but you know uh they really came up in Santos together and i mean that team provided i think Santos provided seven eight nine players something like that for the national team uh they were
2: they were way ahead
0: of their time as a as a, just a uh just a world class such an all star team almost and that was when brazil was winning it, winning uh, world cups so yeah i mean this guy symbolized Carlos Alberto, symbolized a lot uh and uh that's tough to take uh you know, Pelé's had a little bit of health issues, but, you know, he's been able to get through it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, those days with the Cosmos, too, and I think, uh, you know, people, looking back on it, I mean, it's almost hard to believe that that happened, that the Cosmos were so good in those days, because Carlos Alberto was still, you know, uh, near uh, the prime of his game. He was a little bit passive, but he was still really good, and so was Pelé, even though at the end of his career, they, they did stuff out there that was incredible, so... Anybody that got a chance to watch those guys play for the Cosmos in the 70s, um, you know, that's, that's just a unique experience.
1: Yeah, we're all pretty lucky to be old enough to remember that stuff, Franco. I mean, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's cool. We actually uh, can, can reflect on the, the original North American Soccer League and still be able to talk about the current North American Soccer League. And you know, luckily you and I are old enough to know all that stuff. Man, that's pretty cool. Hey, you know, I love it, man. But let's uh, let's talk about this year's North American Soccer League. Frank, over now. You know we, last week we were talking about five, six teams have a have a chance, and now we're down to 182. I mean, if, if Minnesota can they do it, man? Oklahoma City's flying, Franco. Uh, I, once again, what a performance by that team cruising into the playoffs. They're cruising into the playoffs, Franco. I don't see how Minnesota's going to be able to stop Oklahoma City. Talking, obviously, it's all going to come down to what happens this weekend around the North American Soccer League and the Minnesota going to struggle against the Cosmos and why oh. yeah, weird, Franco. Why do they have the schedule like this? I'm wondering why there's three games on the 29th and then a couple games on the 30th and, and, teams, and games that are involving teams that are coming down to this final game. Why are they not doing this all on the same day? So, you know, obviously, Ryo's going to know what they need to do because the Minnesota match is being played the day before. That's kind of strange to me, man. I, I mean, it gives, obviously, it gives Rio a little bit of an advantage here. They'll know what they'll need to do on their final game against Indy 11, which won't be easy. I mean, obviously, Indy 11's in there already. That, that's a tough match, Franco. The, the, you know, who, who's going to take it? We, we know is playing pretty damn well, Franco. We talked about it last weekend. I, I think this spot is theirs.
0: I think for Iowa look they got the veteran players that played on national teams. you know they, they kind of like it seems to be uh, the kind of players that the, the tougher the circumstance, the, the worse the conditions, uh, you know the better they can play. and uh, they've been able to become a really resourceful team. but those guys are really good, you know Michelle, uh, Fernandez, the goalkeeper, uh, you know uh, Robbie Finley. Uh, you know they they got some players, so uh, yeah, I think they're they're playing really well now when they really need to. Uh, league does need to coordinate that last day, I think a little bit. Yeah. More. And, uh, you know, but there are I'm, I've been writing about this a little bit. There are some parallels with the early years of MLS. MLS used to do the same thing in their first five or six years. Uh, you know, the the the, the league, uh, the, the the standings, the playoffs are, are decided. A day later than you know, guys are te- teams are playing at different times, and uh, so you saw some really weird things happen in the MLS in their first five or six years as well. Um, so NASL, NASL needs to uh, you know get that get that in order. I mean, it's a ma- more manageable situation, I think, and uh, just for competitive fairness, yeah, that needs to be done.
1: And, and look at the schedule too. Within the eleven, and Edmonton only being two points apart. Frank, now won't that affect who could possibly host this championship game if the Cosmos don't win their semifinal? Because obviously if, if Rio does find a way to upset the New York Cosmos and Indy 11 gets by Edmonton and Edmonton or India, whoever wins that match could actually host the, the championship game. So I, I think it could come down to, you know, if, if, if Edmonton does pass Indy 11 with 56 points, and won't wouldn't that mean that Edmonton will end up hosting the championship game if the Cosmos don't win it? I mean, that that, that could that makes that interesting too because these two these two second place teams are only two points apart, right?
0: Yes, there's always something to play for, obviously. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, that's a good point, EJ. that's uh extrapolate out what all this means. I guess you just everybody just got to go out and play like this is the playoffs. Say the playoffs are starting uh this weekend, even though they're not, you know, I mean, really stakes and the implications uh are that this is like a playoff
1: weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is you know, the playoffs started last weekend, Franco. We know that. I mean this is you know, not it may not be official, but uh, you know, everything everything that went down last weekend, there was a lot of pressure on everybody to get a result and didn't work out too well for a lot of teams man. That Tampa Bay ottawa match last weekend, Frank. What 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 was that about? <laughs> I mean, oh my God, man. You know, there was some shocking results this weekend. We see Carolina lose or uh, beat Minnesota like that, with Minnesota playing for so much? Uh, and Edmonton barely squeaking by Jacksonville in that cold. Did you see the weather in that uh Edmonton Jacksonville game, Frank? <laughs> well,
0: I think the northern latitudes, you know, had some some uh well that, you you know, always gonna get weird weather in Edmonton anyway,
1: right? So, yeah, well, oh yeah. yeah.
0: Part of the part Yeah, of the, nobody the wants to go field. there and play. Yeah.
1: yeah, nobody wants to go there and play, man. Yeah. I mean obviously if it it it, it that could pos there is a possibility that Edmonton could host the championship game if all this works out, Frank. That would be scary as hell. <laughs> oh my god. That would be scary, man. No nobody wants to go to Edmonton and play them there. To go to Edmonton at all so I play soccer there. I mean, so, <laughs> yeah, this, this presents a bit of a problem. But, uh, yeah, we have Brian Richter joining us. He came in and hung out with us about an hour ago. And uh, Frank and I got to ask him some cool questions. Obviously, he's new to the club, but uh, he's no stranger to this game. I got a 27-year-old from Pennsylvania. He's been around, seen some things. Uh, you know, I, I think whenever, when he came on, when we lost Hunter, everyone said, well, who is this Brian Richter kid? Yeah, he's no kid, man. This guy's been around playing some football for quite a few years uh, back Man, was a kid just like all of us, Frank. And uh, if you want to get this out there, because uh, this interview with Ryan is pretty cool. And we uh, get that out there. So we'll be back with you in a minute and check out our interview with Ryan Richter. All right, Franco. Well, this is our last regular season interview of the year. And our guest this week is one of the new guys around here. But, my goodness, man, what a tremendous job he has done on that back line helping Brian Holt pick up his first clean sheet of the year this past weekend to boot. Let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Ryan Richter. Ryan, what's happening, man? How you doing today, man?
2: What's up? Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Oh man, of course, and uh, it's gotta be gotta be nice for you, man. You know, you're hanging out in the USL. You guys are in the middle of the table with Bethlehem Steel, and then all of a sudden you chase you. Know, you come over to a club chasing another piece of hardware, man. How nice is that?
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it was something that I really wasn't expecting. I mean, uh, for an opportunity like that to come up at the, pretty much the end of the season, you know, isn't something that a lot of guys get the opportunity to do. So, you know, I was buzzing when uh, when I heard the news, when I first uh, found out about it. And then, you know, it's, since I came here, I have nothing to complain about.
1: Yeah, you think? <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously, man, you did a you know, <laughs> decent job at Bethlehem that, that Steel, man, captain over there and you know, middle of the table they, they did okay this year, man, of course, you know that pretty well, you let the league score or let that team score scoring with five goals and uh you know the how did that all go down? and they come to you and they say the cosmos are interested, and how did that process go down of getting you on the cosmos?
2: uh yeah, we actually had had talked um a decent amount like through the year, just kind of kept in touch. I talked to them a little bit in the off season last year, but um, obviously nothing came up and um, yeah, and then, of course, of course the move of uh, Hunter Freeman kind of opened up my my position. And, you know, they felt like yeah. I was the guy to, to fill it. So, you know, things like I think it was just a lot of things in the sport. It's just kind of the right timing. And, you know, I'm grateful that that I was the one that they uh, thought could do the job for them.
1: Yeah, you and Gio have spoke before. It's not like you two have just met. I, so, you, you know, you and Gio have a little bit of a relationship before here. So, yeah, when Hunter, when that spot opened up, uh, Gio, Gio reached out to you and just said, you know, we have a spot for you here now. Would you like to come hang out and be a part of this club? I mean, is that how it went down?
2: Uh, you know, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't that easy, but, uh, you know, it, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, kind of, you know, they told me that, you know, this this opportunity was here and obviously, um, I had things had to be sorted with, with Bethlehem Steel and with the, uh, union and things like that. But, uh, once all all that got done, for me, you know, from my part of, the, of it, it was a no-brainer, you know, how could I pass up this opportunity? So, you know, once I found out that it was a possibility, I was pushing, you know, both sides to, you know, let's get this done as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, obviously, man, you were yeah. here last year with Ottawa. You were there with Ottawa, man. You take part in that championship game with, uh, you know, Short Stadium last year. And Ryan, man, you know, listen. <laughs> we're going to tell you a little bit about what Frank yeah. and I have done to you guys. Uh, we have not stopped with Dos Santos around here, and that decision on that final day to not go out and get that home field, and you guys end up obviously coming to short stadium and losing that championship game. And we we were so shocked that Dos Santos decided to really not kill himself to get that home field, uh, Brian. What what you know how yeah. why? We, I think we're all still sitting here going. What an opportunity he kind of let go there. We knew Dos Santos was a tremendous coach, man. We were all kind of shocked that he let that go. Yeah.
2: yeah I mean, you know, he's a, you know, he's a very, very good coach. Like, I, I really, Great you know, until I met Gio, they, they're pretty similar, um, Mark and Gio, and kind of the way they uh, they speak to players and the way they treat players and you know, those very good coaches. But, you know, I never really thought about, you know, that decision too much, Um you know, at the time, like, we didn't really internally think that it was, you know, too bad of a decision. But as soon as I came here, you know, all the guys on the team brought that up. Like, what were you guys thinking? You know,
0: and that was the fact that it was
2: like, yeah, that does seem, now that we're looking back at it, it does kind of seem uh, like it was uh, an interesting decision. But at the same time, you know, we had a lot of, of older players, and we were playing, uh, if you guys remember, what the turf in that Atlanta Stadium was like. Oh, yeah. It wasn't really uh, good for old guys' knees and hamstrings, so... I think that that played a big role into you know not not playing a lot of a lot of the regular starters, but uh, you know, yeah. and also our our road form was pretty good throughout the season. You know, we won here four uh, one in New York with Ottawa, so you know, to him it was uh, you know, it's nothing guaranteed for the final, so it's more important to get everyone make sure everyone's there and fit for the semifinal first. Yeah. All right. Obviously, looking back on it now, looking back on it now, it's, uh, you know, it seems like maybe a bit of a missed opportunity. Yeah.
1: Yep. That's all I'm going to say, man. I'm just going to let that one go. (laughs) How'd you feel about going back to (laughs) Ottawa, man? That was probably cool for you going back there a couple weeks ago and get to see some old friends and be around that environment again. Pretty cool to go back to Ottawa and see some people. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of the team isn't there, unfortunately. And obviously now for next season, you know, they won't be uh, involved in NASL. So um, I'm glad yeah. that I had the opportunity to at least get there one time, you know, because, um, you know, I had so many great memories there and, you know, met a lot of good people in the organization and things like that.
1: Yeah. And, Ryan, we were kind of shocked that, uh, you know, after you guys get to that championship game, and there's still more to ha- You know, you, you guys have a, a more work to do. So Santos leaves, you leave, uh, the Tommy leaves. Like, what is going on? Yeah. There? I, you know, we all thought that we all thought that Ottawa was going to be a force to reckon with for years to come with everything that's in place there. And all of a sudden, they said, we're the three of the biggest names on their roster, including you, man. What, wow. I, we, I think all of us were just sitting there going, what, why is Ottawa just completely dismantling and not trying to gear up towards, you know, building on what they've already had here? It's like they started over this year. Obviously, they yeah. got off to the poor start. and. They haven't recovered from that poor start yet. It's probably tough to watch for you because you were there. You experienced it. And, you know, and then you leave and it's like, oh, boy, the team fell apart. I mean, you feel bad, but you kind of don't because you're like, well, that's what you get for letting me go. Sorry, man, you
2: know. <laughs> yeah. No, it was uh, listen, you know, a lot of the guys on the team because we did so well. And, and Ottawa probably oh. had the lowest budget in the league, I would think, last year. It was, you know, opportunity for a lot of guys to make a lot more money you know and that's that's the reality of it so um for for me it was you know my wife was was uh six months pregnant and I kind of wanted to just get back to the U.S. and you know um I'm from Philly so I was it was a chance to move back to Philly and my wife's family's from Philly as well so um yeah for no I didn't really know what it what it completely entailed like the the USL but I knew it was a chance to get home and um you know, I was more than happy to take that opportunity at the time. Looking back on it, you know, it's, uh, you know obviously if we could have kept that same team, we all felt the same way, but, you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's the reality of it. You know, guys want guys want to take care of their families and stuff like that. If you do that better in Miami or New York or wherever it is, you know, everyone's going to jump with that, you
1: know? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Franco, jump in here.
0: Sure, uh, hey Ryan. I was just going to make a comment that I think Ryan coming to the Cosmos is a little bit of an IOU because uh, from Philly and sort of the Bethlehem Steel, because <laughs> Leo Fernandez, right, and Walter Restrepo going there, you know, they kind of owe the Cosmos one, and Ryan's really filled a big hole there. You know, so hey, I just wanted to, Ryan, what's your uh, take, sort of, on this Cosmos team compared to last year? Because this this team had a lot of turnover too, and yet seems to have not lost a step and is entering the playoffs you know, on, in really good form or, or will be after this last game. What's your, your sort of take on the Cosmos compared to last year?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously there was a couple guys last year who were, who were you know, all-time players and probably the best that will maybe ever play in an AFL. But, uh, right. but to me, you know, I didn't know much about Juan Arango before I got here. I've seen him play with the Cosmos a few times. But after like the first week of training with this guy, you know this is the best player that I played with in my career, and you know that's just an example of one player. His technical ability is unbelievable, and you know. But it's not just him. The quality of the team is is so so high, and like the just the the intensity of every training session and and the quality of in every training session. It's uh, you know, it's it's really really a pleasure to be a part of every day. Amen. Yeah,
0: yeah, it seems like it's a yeah. very technical team as well, uh, based around you know, the team uh, yeah. the way you guys play, based on you know skill and technique. Uh, do you see that as well?
2: Absolutely, and it's uh, you know I've I've had some of my friends um, come up to the past past two home games, and you know they they're saying the first game they came through, the second half of the game, they said, I don't think they said a word to each other. They just sat and watched the game. The ball moving so quick that it's just so enjoyable to watch. And it's, uh you know, comp- obviously completely different than, um, you know, what they had seemed to be playing, playing with before um, coming to the Cosmos. So, it's you know, this team it just has so much quality that, um, you know, maybe the names aren't recognized like Raul and Sena but there's so much quality in the entire team that, you know, it, it's really –
1: a nice thing to watch. Yeah. Yeah, we know those names pretty well, man. <laughs> These guys are pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Wander oh, I'm sorry, man. Wander is... Amazing. I, I, I mean, man, just watching him, I, even, you know, you get to see, obviously, during practice and all during the week, too, the game stuff, and obviously the set piece yeah. stuff, and my God, man, and his composure is ridiculous. I, I, I don't think anything could said you could drop a, an anvil on this guy, and he'd just be like, yeah, just just, just move, I'll, I'll get the ball to you, you don't, you don't worry about it, man. <laughs> I, I, I love his role, man, his, his, yeah, I'm serious, Ryan. He's just—he's uh, amazing. Man. And, and, and like you said, coming to a team like this with a guy like that, and the surroundings too, man. I, 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 you know, H- High Road's pretty good, man. There's J- obviously Jimmy Mauer's yeah. pretty good, uh Ryan. You—you you know, you join a team like this, and yeah, yeah, this is not the USL. And, and obviously, you know, and and you know a lot about yeah. the USL. You spent some time down there. It's more of a development league down there. And you needed this Ryan. I, I, I think you're done developing. I think you're done developing, man. It's time for you to get yeah. that career, you know, where you want to yeah. be. And I, I think it's amazing for you to join the Cosmos and have this opportunity now to get a ring, exactly. hopefully, and and build on that.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I, absolutely. And it's but, you know, it's just the day to day things, you know, being around players like that. You know, in my uh, in my career, I, I've played with Michael Bradley. I played with Jermaine Defoe, um, but Juan to me is. You know, just his pure technical ability is a, is a step above above them. It, it's just yeah. something that I've never seen before. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm gonna take you back, man. Let's take you back. First of all, obviously, LaSalle, man. Now, 28 goals and 13 assists at LaSalle. You you, you know how to score goals, man. You weren't always a defender in your <laughs> career, uh, so you know, being on that back line, I, I know you like it back there at the same token. But you like putting balls in the
2: back of that net, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those were uh, the good old days when I was a center forward. Yeah, man. scoring gold. Right?
0: It's cool to
1: but, think about uh, the LaSalle days, right, man? I mean, not not too many guys come out of LaSalle and make a career in, the, in soccer, man. I, I think there's only one other guy who's actually done it. Yeah. So, it's pretty cool. I, yeah, uh, Ryan, you know, a guy yeah. a guy named Ryan Richter is, is joins that list. That's pretty cool, man, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, it was some of the greatest times in my, in my life, obviously, at college, but, you know, in the pro game, I think I'm more fit as a as a right back than a forward. And I think that was pretty clear to me, like probably the first week of training camp, my my rookie season.
1: That's cool, man. Yeah, you yeah, know, obviously when you were younger, like all of us, man, you're playing hoops and you're, you're place-kicking for the football team. You're playing soccer. I think if you played hockey, I'd be asking you if you're related to Mike Richter too, man. But, man, where did your love for soccer come from, man? Where, 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 you know, where did you – when did it hit you? Like, you know, I, I think a career in this sport, is is my way of doing. It. I, I I love this game. Where where did it come from, man? Where did that love for soccer come from for Ryan Ricky?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's in my family. You know, my my grandfather played for the U.S. when he was uh, when he was younger, and and the, in the really? 50s and really, You know, my dad played at, at a high level in college, and you know, I just it's always been. you know just kind of part of my my family and part of my life, and you know, obviously once you. uh once you start start going up the levels and it gets to, you know, you're doing well high school-wise, you start doing well in, in college and you realize that professional is maybe a, an opportunity. And, you know, once you start feeling like that, that's a feeling that you can't get rid of. So it's, uh, you know, it's something that you'll do anything to achieve. And, you yeah. know, now obviously I'm, I don't take a day for granted. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, a, it's the best life that, that you could really ask for for anyone who – is passionate about anything. I'm me I'm passionate about soccer, so you know, I don't take Love a day it. for a day for granted that I'm that I'm
1: out there. Nice man. And you shouldn't and that's cool, man. Let's let's talk a little bit about this weekend, man. Obviously a match like this with Minnesota. That's tough man. You guys have it all clinched up. You you know you know they 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 it's tough for them, man. That loss to Carolina this weekend for Minnesota was huge. So now, obviously, they're in desperation yeah. mode, man, and you yeah. guys are—you guys are not. So that, that that makes this match this weekend a little challenging because they're playing for a lot. You guys just want to make sure you stay healthy and kind of, you know, just keep the keep the momentum moving towards the playoffs. So tough, tough match this weekend, Ryan. How, you know, how do you how do you how do you guys approach this? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the,
2: the team has uh, has some pretty big goals coming up here in the next couple of weeks, and you know, the, the yeah. fact that you know this game doesn't can't necessarily train, change our position in the table or or really you know anything for the playoffs for us it it doesn't really affect us too much because you know we want to go in to the playoffs at the top of our game and i think you saw that last week with miami you know playing for yeah. their season really in the game against us um you saw how we came out if you if you looked at which team was was playing for their season i think it was if you watch the first five minutes, you would think that the Cosmos are the team that needed the, uh, needed the point. So
1: right. Okay. It was,
2: uh, it I'm a, a similar thing, um, a similar thing this weekend, you know, but obviously, um, they're a quality side and, you know, we're playing on the road this week. So that, that, uh, always adds another challenge, but, um, you know, we're looking to, uh, to put our best foot forward and, and, you know, hopefully get the three points again. You know, that's, that's the goal that we come in every week with and, you know, this is no different.
1: Yeah, and the clean
2: sheet, us man. I that Go ahead. I, I also think that's something that Gio does a good job of, too, you know, is, is keeping the group focused, even though, you know, with the table and stuff like that, he puts so much importance on every game that, you know, it kind of just feeds on the players like that.
1: Yeah. See, Coach Gio knows how to approach the final games of the season, man. No, I'm only kidding,
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to do
1: it, man. I had to, I had to take another shot, man. <laughs> you know, I, I want to leave you with this, one. last <laughs> week, man, with uh, with, with, with Ranella's shot, man, as his time was winding down, and that almost took Brian Hold's clean sheet away, man, you Were you like, oh, no. I mean, you, take, you know, the defense has to take yeah. Brian in that clean sheet stuff, too, man. So, were you happy that Brian came up with that save, like, oh, nice, but he got that clean sheet.
2: Because those are big, man. Clean sheets from yeah. Brian was,
1: a big, was was big,
2: yeah. Yeah, and I mean he he had a you know he deserved the clean sheet for the way he played in the game. So you know I was happy happy for him. Um, but I think that, I think he might have been offside on that that as well. The uh Yeah. The so, yeah. I
1: have, yeah.
2: have to watch that one back.
1: Right? Yeah, I think he was offside too, man. I think he was. <laughs> <laughs> right, man, we can't thank <laughs> you enough to take the time to hang yeah, we can't thank you enough, man. I you know I know you guys are busy. You got a long week. Yeah. When, when are you guys leaving from Minnesota?
2: sorry can you
1: say that again sorry uh when are you guys leaving for minnesota
2: all right so we'll head out friday and uh you know get a good training session in friday and then you know just come in, come to the hotel focused and you know just focus on the task that is this weekend
1: nice nice all right cool man ryan man again i can't thank you enough for taking the time uh you know, frank and i appreciate everything uh man good luck the rest of the way obviously trying to take that title home man and uh yeah, you know, thanks so much for your time this weekend. We can't thank you enough. Uh, yeah, thanks
2: for having me on. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to get that title this year. So, um, thanks, guys. All right. and I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon, all right?
1: Yeah, you'll see us just the game, man. Thank you so much, Ryan. We'll see you later. All right, great. Thanks. Bye. All
2: right.
1: Very cool, Franco. That's cool, man. Uh, you know, when he came here, a lot of people were like, "You know, who is this Ryan Richter kid?" And he's no kid, man. Uh, this guy's been around a little bit. It was nice to had that experience on that back line. I mean, when you lose Hunter Freeman, and you can bring in a guy like Ryan Ryan
0: Richter, uh, Thank
1: you. I think that was a great pickup for the Cosmos, Franco. No doubt.
0: Yeah, it's a good pickup. I mean, really great pickup, as you say. I mean, that time of year, uh, the Cosmos needed to bring yeah. in some as they did last year. Get some reinforcements, especially when Miami's raiding you, you know. So uh, not a glamorous uh, position or a high-profile high, high profile pickup, but a really important one. And Yeah, Ryan played for Toronto MLS. You know, he's played in uh, uh, USL. Uh, you know, with a good team, too. The thing is, he was usually with really good teams or with really good players around him. So he really, I think he knows how to fit in a, in a situation like that. And basically, he's a complimentary player over there. But as you pointed out, EJ, he can actually finish He'll score. He might score a goal here, you know, uh, if you need it. So uh, yeah, it's a really good pickup, uh, Ryan Richter. Uh, again, I think Philly and uh, sort, sort of the state of Pennsylvania and Bethlehem Steel, that whole area, try, whatever it is over there, owes the Cosmos, and I think Ryan Richter's a, you know, pays the bet, you know, with uh, the personnel right there. He's he's going to be important, you know, as, as the season concludes here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, great pickup, man. And like you mentioned, the finishing. He, he he can finish, and that's big, man. Obviously, you know, we know Carlos Mendoza. Carlos Mendoza has the ability to come up and, uh, you know, put some balls in the back of that. Obviously, I always he can certainly knows how to press and get out that other line. So it would be nice. You know, obviously replacing Hunter Freeman on that other side's nice. Man, yeah, definitely like him. My, my Richter on our team man, and he certainly knows what he's doing back there. And and it's the experience too. You know, like he's you know he's not a kid. This is no uh, who is this kid coming in here? He's got, he's got a ton of experience, man. I've been playing soccer since he was you know all of us have been playing soccer, you know, five years old, seven years old, and he's he's still doing it, man. I, that's that's tremendous. I, I definitely like having Richter on this club in there. Yeah, you, know, you think you think he'll find the net once uh, before the before the chip? You think so, Franco? I'd love to see him put a ball in the back of the net in the, in the, in the playoffs, man. That would be phenomenal.
0: <laughs> yeah, plus I mean, just, just knowing that he's a threat to do that, you know, he's helps helps yeah. a team like this. He's, he's coming up on the right, and you know, you can you know he's reading uh, Juan Arango or whoever's on the left side. One of those left-footed players that the Cosmos has that'll set him up. But, you know, I mean, they may not need him to. Uh, the other thing is, he's the, the legacy of. Uh, I didn't realize that his grandfather had played for the U.S. national team, but uh, yeah, that helps. I mean, you know, we'll have to do a little more on that next time we talk to
1: him. Yeah, he he got me with that one, man. Usually we're up on our stuff here. I, I had no idea that his grandfather was part of the U.S. team. Now that's cool stuff. <laughs> Very cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, how many, how many players have their grandparents and parents and, you know, I mean, obviously we've talked about a couple of guys who've had their fathers and mothers playing soccer and all that. But, uh, man, his grandfather's on the national team. We're going to have to look into that, Franco. I I, was pretty, I I mean, he shocked me with that statement. I was like, really? I, I mean, I had no idea about any of that. It, it's, like I said, usually we're up, we, we find that kind of stuff around here and, uh, that's cool, man. I, I'm, I'm gonna, when I see him at the game, I'm definitely gonna, you know, try and approach him and be like, "So, tell me more about your grandfather, man. That's pretty cool stuff, Franco."
0: Yeah, that's really great stuff. I, I think, uh, you know, I look, I kind of looked it up as we, uh, as we were talking, and, uh, you know, I don't think he, his, his grandfather, I think it was Walter Richter, wasn't probably a big name, but back in those days, uh, just to make the team, it was it was tricky. You know, there were some weird circumstances, uh, not like today where. Uh, you know, there's kind of a selection process. To, so, uh, you know, there's probably coming from a really good soccer area in Pennsylvania, Philly. And, uh, you know, they, they've they kept the game alive for a hundred years. So they've got some good players there. Back in those days, those yeah. guys were good. Uh, they just didn't get any of the publicity that you see now, you know, they weren't on the, on the stage, but they had to be good. There were probably ethnic leagues. A lot of these were ethnic leagues, very tough leagues, uh, you know, based on skill, but also real toughness. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty interesting. So Ryan, that's that's his tradition. He's coming from so really good pickup.
1: Very cool, man. I thought it was very cool. And uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what we have left here, Franco, because there's only really three games that are going to affect the final regular season here. And uh, man, what this Rio N D eleven match is, is really huge, man. Uh, I mean, N D eleven needs to keep that second spot secure. Rio wants to make sure they get into the playoffs with a win. Uh, man, that Rio indy 11 match, it's amazing it has to be the last match of the weekend, but yet there's so much involved with that game, Frank. I mean, it's, it's just, again, we talked about the scheduling. How Rio N 11 the last game of the year? Yet, you know, so much is going to be determined by that result. I mean, that that result alone is going to determine the placement of four, all four teams, Frank.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, how does that work for Indy 11? I think it plays the last game. I think they did in the uh, spring season as well, and uh a 4-1 win, which they needed. So uh, mm-hmm. that's that's just, uh, you know, bad scheduling, I think, uh, on the league's part. But, you know, we'll be watching to see what, what happens. Uh, when they know what they need to do, uh, it helps a team play for sure, you know. So that's a bit of a competitive disadvantage for everybody else.
1: Yeah, yeah. obviously another big match with uh, um, with uh, Ottawa-Fort Lauderdale. I mean, nothing there. Franco, had another big match with Puerto Rico-Carolina. Yeah, not not so much a big match. Uh, yeah, so it kind of turns into the, the final weekend really. Uh, Frank, there's two games that matter. I mean, there's really only two games on this entire six-game slate that matter, and it's weird. I mean, it's just it's strange, man. <laughs> you know, I, I think all of us were kind of hoping for a bigger final day. Because you know, last week we were here. We're, we're looking at five or six teams in this race. And now all of a sudden, there's just two, and it's it's over. <laughs> so I, this is my spot to lose, Frank. I mean, to have Indy Eleven at home, but Indy Eleven really, you know, what are they playing for? That's the whole thing. They have the they have the spring title. They have a home game. I, I think again, it's just going to come down to if the Cosmos lose then Indy 11 could secure that final home game for the championship, Frank. I mean, and, and if they lose it to Edmonton, Edmonton can finally turn around and host that championship game somehow. That, that's the, the, there is still a lot of emphasis on these final two games, Frank.
0: Oh, yeah, there's a lot to look at there, too. It's also interesting, though, that Tampa Bay will be playing their last game in NASL. They've announced they're moving on to USL, uh, um, and Ottawa moving on as well, too. So they've got to play it out but uh, those games don't mean too much, but uh, they are significant. And their, their, their last game, in which case, uh, you know, this, this playoff and what's going on with the NASL is uh, pretty significant in the history of the league. There's a lot of people that are mm-hmm. optimistic that you know, the league's going to bounce back and be really strong coming up, but uh, it shows you just don't know uh, what's going to happen next in a lot of cases. So uh, the Cosmos are playing uh, championship if they can do it. And, uh, you know, uh, I think the Cosmos are a flagship team for this league, and they've got a uh, – all these teams that are in it that uh, you're talking about, uh, They, as far as I know, they plan on coming back next year. Uh, they're going to be yeah. part of the foundation of the league. Uh, you know, they need all these teams to come back strong, and uh, they've shown, like Edmonton, uh, we've been talking about, yeah, nobody really wants to go up there and play, but – they're a pretty good team. You know, I, I like what Carl yeah. Miller's done there. I mean, mm-hmm. built them around defending, uh, but some of those defenders are young guys and they're good. So, uh, you know, obviously the goalkeeper, that guy's been playing great. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, I think it, it's a very competitive league and uh, this last weekend, we just have to watch and see. It's just so uneven the way it's scheduled out, but um Yeah, I think it's going to be – this will go down in history as, uh, you know, a very important weekend in in the history of uh, NASL.
1: Yeah, man. You know, we talked about uh, Santos, obviously, a lot around here. We just brought it up again with Ryan. And, uh, yeah, with him taking over for San Francisco Deltas next year, Frank, uh, how do you think they're going to do – and and how long is Los Santos going to stay there? Uh, I, when, is, when is Los Santos going to actually, like, stay somewhere for a minute, Ken? It just seems like, you know, he took over for Swope, and now he's gone. He took over in Ottawa, and he was there for a minute, and he left. Now he's going to San Francisco. Is he going to stay there for a year and decide that there's something better for him? I really wish that he would just finally decide, you know what, that there's a place for me out here. And he's a great coach, man. He's a player's coach. Everybody who plays for this guy is just like, oh, man, i love playing for those guys. He, he, he's my kind of guy. and But, but yet he doesn't stay anywhere for very long, Frank. That, that, I mean, you look at his whole entire coaching career. It's a, a year here, a year or two there, a year here, a year there. Well, well, when is he finally just going to find a spot and make it his home? Man? I, I, I mean, find somewhere and make it yours. I, he just hasn't done it yet. Yeah, right. I think, well, part of
0: the deal, I think maybe Ryan uh, referred to, He wasn't so great in in Ottawa. But the other thing is, I just recently uh, discovered this. Uh, He he thought he he wanted to move up to the higher level of coaching, and he thought basically that he was doing that in Kansas City. Um, I think he wasn't quite clear on what he was going to be doing there, so he ends up with KC's, Sporting KC's, USL team, Swope Park. Uh, So he actually moved down. Uh, I think that he thought it was an opportunity to join first team staff, maybe not right away at some point. Uh that uh so so that was a weird one right there. So now he's gonna move up back up to N A S L with uh, San Francisco. Now if they do that right there and I think everything I've heard and we had Peter Wilt on talking about this, he thought he's real optimistic about what they're doing there and how they're doing it. So uh that gives him a chance to build something and maybe stay there. Um, you know, that's I think that'll be a better test for him. I think the last couple of years um, he's kind of like, you know, made some moves based on uh, uh, economics and finances and also on an opportunity that maybe uh, wasn't quite there, but he thought it was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll see what happens, Ben. I think we're all kind of surprised that Ottawa kind of got dismantled the way they did. Dos so Santos was supposed to be the guy to help, you know, keep that team where they were and obviously fell apart. It's just strange, man. I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how Dos Santos is going to do with San Francisco. And, I, and like you mentioned, man, the whole state of the North American Soccer League next year and beyond is, there's still so many questions, Frank. I, I really wish, it, I, I mean, at some point here, but it's, it's October 26th and we're almost done with this year you know, obviously we're going to get to April next year and we're all going to need to know, when are we all going to find out where, what teams are going to be in this league, what teams are going to be moving on for sure, 100%. Like, here here are the 10 teams that are going to be in North American Soccer League instead of the 12 that we finally got to this year. You know, it's, it's just a shame, man. You finally get, you know, teams growing. You get the North American Soccer League growing and now there's teams moving to Canada. There's teams moving to the USL. Oh, man. And obviously you had that team moving to MLS as well. So it's just how is the North American side going to survive? That's not just this year, but next year. And then 2018 too, Frank.
0: Monica. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think their uh, plans are in place for 2018. I think it's just a matter of getting there. So um, I wrote about yeah. this uh, for today, I think, in, uh, on the uh, Soccer News, mat that um, worst-case scenario, which it looks like it could be playing out now, the league could go to eight teams next year uh, and get through the spring season that way. So uh, then after that, the plans are to expand as much up to 15 teams uh, by 2018. So um, there are uh, viable and really strong uh, investors uh, interested in coming in, major metropolitan areas, Boston being one, Chicago being another one, um, where the league could come out of this stronger, um, the, the owners uh, did have a meeting um, a couple weeks ago, right, and uh, they, I think at that point they consolidated what they're going to do. Tampa was not yeah. involved in that one. I think Tampa's been gone. They've been out of this for a while. Uh, I think some of, the, some of this is a little bit misdirected, uh, misguided. Uh, Tampa should be a good NASL team. I don't know really what they're thinking uh, in the sense that uh, dropping down doesn't really help them. And if there's some potential uh, thought or promise that they're going to go in MLS, I think that's a real, real long shot. They've got a very small stadium there. There's not a huge amount of corporate money there. Uh, the, the soccer money is invested in Man United with the Glazer family, which is involved in Premier and, and NFL. Nobody else there has the, uh, the capital to go MLS. So it's uh, going to drop down doesn't make that much sense to me, but uh in any case, uh like I say, worst case scenario they could they could come out of this with eight to ten teams for the spring season and then regroup and uh maybe come out of it stronger.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that's a big maybe, Frank. There's so many questions. I, I, I like I said, I hope these get answered soon. Uh, obviously in the next couple of months we're gonna have to know who's playing where, what league they're going to be in, and, and, and everything's, you know, the schedule's out and all that. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, all of us old schoolers want this North American soccer league to survive somehow. But but at the same token, you know, Frank, we've talked about promotion and relegation and setting up this entire thing in a whole different way, which we know we're not going to see, which really hurts, Frank. Uh, it really hurts, man. I, you know, I really wish they'd rethink uh, this whole entire structure here, and it's obviously never going to be addressed. Not, not as long as you and I are around. I, I mean, not – I don't see it happening, Frank. Uh, it's you know, and now that all this USL and bouncing from league to league, and teams moving here and teams moving here. Even though it's not, you didn't earn it, and you didn't like get demoted, you know. You but yet, but yet your team is being sent down to the USL. So are you really demoted or not? That that, that you know, what, we need a promotion relegation system, Frank. Uh, we that, that's it. That that's how soccer has lasted for hundreds of years in other countries, Franco. And it's how soccer is supposed to survive. In this country, until someone catches on, that, that's how it needs to be done. Uh, soccer in this country uh, hopefully exists even past 10 years, Frank. Uh, even past 10 years. Yeah, there'll be soccer here. I got it, man. But we're talking about competitive soccer that people want to see, people want to watch, people want to support. You know, that, that's where the questions might come into it, man. Because how do you support something when, when it's all in disarray? Uh, it, it, there's so many catch-22s around. Uh, it, it, it's, it's driving me crazy, Frank.
0: Well, there is an opportunity here for uh, – there's a – uh, NPSL uh, and NASL have talked about promotion and relegation. They're for it, actually. Whereas MLS, I think, and USL are basically against it. But uh, they could. This is an opportunity for NPSL, uh, and they're thinking about it from uh, my sources, where they could uh, announce that they're going to uh, get involved in in that, and their top team or two could get promoted to um, NASL. In some way, I think the leagues, they need to work on that right now because NASL needs teams NPSL needs to um, put in pro- promotion relegation to have something to play for. So uh, you've got like 90-some teams in that league, so it's it's bigger than USL, but it, it's not as ambitious as USL, but it also could, could feed into, into NASL. So let's say they put in promotion relegation. You've got a couple of really good teams in NPSL that if they earned their way there and then, then they would have to invest. You would have to meet certain criteria for stadium, um, you know, budget, uh, guarantees and et cetera. But if your top team or two from NPSL goes into NASL, I think it's a win-win for, for everybody. Uh, you know, so there's not going to be relegation at this point, but there could be promotion. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I hope we see it at some point.
0: I, I, I don't think we will, but, uh,
1: That'd be so nice, uh you know, I think all of us like i said us, us old schoolers know how it works, and I think that uh the system here just doesn't work uh it just hasn't been working i I hope Don garber actually can can really help all this more than hurt i I think he's really not making it any easier, but uh you know, I guess that's his, uh, you know, he's an NFL guy. He's not a soccer guy. I, I've always said that about him. Uh, you know, they brought in an NFL executive to run a soccer league, and it really didn't work out all that well. <laughs> that's, that's my opinion. Uh, I'm, I'll just put that up. Um, Michael, let's get out of here. We've, uh, you know, we've had a nice little hour here on our show, and, uh, you know, definitely want to thank you for your time today, and you uh, know, thank everyone for taking the time to listen to our show today. It's uh, last weekend of the year, and, uh, of course, the playoffs are right around the corner here on November 5th at Short Stadium. It's the first round, and uh it could be Oklahoma City Might be Minnesota, but it looks like it's going to be Oklahoma City in that first game. I guess we'll find out this weekend, right? So, uh, again, uh, thank you. thanks again, and uh, everybody out there, again, thank you. We'll, uh, we'll catch you here next week here on Into the Cosmos. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll see you later.